My Govanen. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek, and it's time for some more Thursday Tolkien thoughts. And today I am thinking about specifically the topic of Valinor, the landmass that is also the landmass itself is Aman, and the land is Valinor because it is the land of the Valar, and it's also called the Blessed Realm, the Undying Realm, or the Undying Lands. So the reason I was thinking about this was because a long time ago, when I first read about the Silmarillion and how the world, you know, was made round and all that stuff, before I fully understood the whole Valinor becomes separated from the rest of the world, it occurred to me that Valinor, if it is west of Middle-earth, and Middle-earth is basically Europe, Valinor ought to be America, geographically speaking. And, of course, this was just like, I knew it wasn't, but, you know, I couldn't really shake the idea. Being a resident of the United States of America myself, of course, my innate patriotism for my country, which is instilled in all of us from birth, mostly, <laughs> uh, you know, made me kind of want it to be a little bit, because, you know, that just makes America even more special, which, of course, I also recognized was kind of silly and hubristic, because... Tolkien, of course, wouldn't be writing like that about America. He was a Brit. So why would he think like that in terms of Valinor being America? So imagine my shock, my absolute amazement, when I get my copy of The Nature of Middle-Earth and I get towards the end and there is a section in which he describes Valinor becoming the continent of the America, of at least North America, maybe both Americas, and the idea in this section, for those of you who haven't read it, is that Valinor, when it was removed from the world, was kind of removed in, in more of a spiritual than a physical sense. And this is during a period where Tolkien is probably trying to get away from his original flat earth cosmology and say that the earth was actually round the whole time because he started working in that vein to make it more consistent with actual world history and science, because he was trying to make it as consistent with those things as possible in his later years. And if that, of course, is the case, then you can't say that Valinor was removed from the world, and then the world was made round and Numenor sank beneath the waves as a result of that process. You could say that Numenor sank, but the world was already round, and so Valinor doesn't leave it. So the idea here is that Valinor actually is not removed physically from the world, or the continent of Amon is not removed physically, but rather its inhabitants leave the world and enter a kind of a spiritual Amon. And I, I hate using the word spiritual because I don't really... <clears throat> that has a lot of connotations in like theological debates that I think are really kind of messy. But the point is it's not a physical removal of the continent they lived on, and now they're living somewhere off the planet, and the straight road is still a thing, but it's not a straight road to a continent that was physically removed from a flat world so that it could be made round. And as a result of the Valar and the Maiar and all the elves who lived there removing, the, the land is no longer blessed. Because even in the early days, and by early days I mean like, Lord of the Rings period when he's writing that and the age of when he was writing the Numenor story in the first instance when they start 
having conversations about what makes the blessed realm blessed and what makes it the undying lands, it's the presence of the Valar there that makes the land what it is. The land itself is not all that special. And that's why it is kind of pointless for anybody to try to get there because merely getting to the land is not going to make our Tharazon immortal. That's not going to happen. So what makes the land unique and special is the fact that its inhabitants are unique and special. So when they leave, suddenly Amon just becomes another landmass. And so Tolkien toyed with the idea of that landmass being America, which I read that and I was just like, I guess I was onto something after all, and I just didn't know it. <laughs> uh, so it was just really funny and interesting to read that. And of course, anybody who's read The Nature of Middle Earth, this is old news by now, but I just wanted to put it out there for those who haven't read it, and partially also because it justifies my own silly hubristic nationalist beliefs when I was much, much younger because I just, like I said, I was shocked when I read that because I always put, I'd always like consciously put that aside as, oh, that's silly, that's silly, that's silly. And then to find that Tolkien actually messed around with the idea and actually put it to paper, never, of course, settled on that. But the idea that he was even thinking in those directions was like, Oh, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> so anyway, it's just really interesting, too, to think in broader terms about how Tolkien was messing with his cosmology and how he was trying to make that round world idea work within his pre-existing mythology and how to make it all fit together. And this is an example of one way that he was thinking about doing that, is like, if I've already got a round world and I can't make it round from flat then what is Amon? And, you know, the natural thing to think, which is why I thought it when I was younger, is that's America. And so, you know, just a, an idea of how his process of thinking went when it came to trying to revise his legendarium to make it a more scientifically and historically accurate type of thing, or at least consistent with science and history. So... That's another reason why I wanted to bring this up, because it's just a really interesting look into the way that his mind worked. So, at any rate, that's my Thursday Tolkien thoughts for today, and I will see you the next time. Until then, I am the Tolkien Geek, signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namariye. Thanks to all the channel supporters, especially Elf Friends, PA Brew News, Nathan DeFore, Paul Leone, and Oleg Gregg.